0: Thank you for joining Holy Spirit Living, the podcast that encourages and equips believers to live each moment intentionally to bring glory to God and build his kingdom. We are here today and we're going to be talking about forgiveness. Yes. And this is such a great topic to be discussing because we don't realize how much damage we do to our own lives when we don't forgive others. And we don't realize sometimes how we cause or bring on stresses and illnesses and sicknesses and everything that come from harboring unforgiveness in our lives. And I know we had talked about sonship. Yes, yes. We have talked about walking unoffendedly. Right. And so I feel like this is a good topic to build off of from that. The past things that people have offended us with, We have to be able to forgive and let go of that.
1: Yes. We're living a Holy Spirit-filled life, and the Holy Spirit should convict us and allow us to see that forgiveness is very important.
0: When I've talked to people that harbor unforgiveness, the biggest response I get from most people is that if I forgive this person, then it kind of just lets them off the hook. My response to that is, no, forgiveness lets you off of the hook. It doesn't mean that we're saying what that person did was okay. It's not that we're condoning the sin that was done or the offense, but what we are doing is saying that we're no longer going to be a victim. We're no longer going to be walking in a place where we are allowing that to continue to cause us physical and emotional stress and pain.
1: Yes, Luke chapter six, it says, do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For the measure you give will be the measure you get back. Forgive and you will be forgiven is in that measure. It's how much you're forgiving is what you're going to get back. In the Song of Solomon, chapter 8, I think verse 6, it says something like, love is as strong as death. When we forgive people we love, it could change the life of that person.
0: Yes. I think it's important that we remember, too, that we must forgive in order to be forgiven. I think about the parable that Jesus told about how the man had been forgiven all of his debt. Yeah. Matthew 18:21 through 35 it says then Peter came to him and asked Lord how often should i forgive somebody who sins against me seven times no not seven times Jesus replied but 70 times 7 therefore the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him and in the process one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars and he couldn't pay So his master ordered that he be sold along with his wife, his children, and everything that he owned to pay that debt. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, please be patient with me and I'll pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity for him. And he released him and he forgave his debts. But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars and he grabbed him by the throat and he demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and he begged for a little more time. Be patient with me and I will pay it, he pleaded. But his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. And when some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the king and they told the king everything that had happened. And then the king called in the man that he had forgiven and said, You evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? And then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he paid his entire debt. That's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers or sisters. And one important thing to know about this scripture Mm. is he says, the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire Mm. debt. One thing that stands out to me there is that when we choose to not forgive other people and we hold that debt against them that we've been forgiven of, we lock ourselves up in a prison until right. that entire debt's paid
1: yeah like that analogy if you're mad at somebody or if you're hurting somebody if you're f- not forgiving somebody that pain is is destroying you it's like taking poison and expecting the other person to die right
0: that's exactly it not only does it cause physical pain to our body but we've locked ourselves up we've given the enemy access the demonic access over our lives right which means they have access to our health Mm -hmm. They have access to our fine. Anything else, anything else, the enemy has access to that. Mm -hmm. Now, one thing that is important to note, too, is that when we harbor unforgiveness, we're creating a barrier between us and God. Yes. If we're wanting a strong relationship with the Lord, we got to let that go in order to move into that place of a deeper intimacy with God.
1: Right. What you're sitting there speaking, you said, you know, you're opening the door for the finances, you're opening the door. Because what happens when we're angry at somebody or not forgiving somebody, our mind is focused on that issue. And it's not of God. God wants unity, he wants love, and he wants us to be together. So you can get yourself locked up in this prison, and this incarceration of constantly thinking about the person that hurts you.
0: Right. Basically what you do is you turn that offense into a God Mm -hmm. because your mind then begins to focus on that offense. Yeah, And the enemy uses that to manipulate and take over territory of your mind. Right, And we don't realize that when we're walking in unforgiveness. We think that in order to forgive them, that means they're off the hook, they're free and clear, and that's not true. The truth is that We're choosing to forgive them, and it's a choice, and sometimes there's not all these fuzzy feelings that come with that choice. Sometimes it's very yucky feelings because our flesh is fighting that, but at the end of the day, we can choose to forgive them. They have to work out their own salvation with fear and trembling. Mm -hmm. I don't have any control over whether or not they've repented to God or anything, but I have control over my choices. Yes. Yes. And I'm not going to allow someone else's decisions or actions to take away or interfere with my relationship with God. And that's the stand that I have to take as a Christian.
1: But maybe you don't know what they did to me.
0: Right. <laughs> and that's, that's the thing. We hear that a lot. You don't know what they did. Obviously, it hurt you. Right. But regardless of what the offense was, it does not warrant unforgiveness. Even if it's a severe offense, we are called to forgive. When you read that parable in Matthew 18, it tells you right there, 70 times 7. Basically, what Jesus is saying is that there is never a time we should not forgive. It should always be something that we walk in and forgiveness. Most of the time, people don't even realize they've done something to hurt us. Right. And then you have those more severe situations where somebody has been a victim of trauma or something very horrible, but we can still choose to forgive in those situations, you want to be set free from that. You want to be able to walk in sonship. You want to be able to walk in authority. Mm -hmm. One thing that unforgiveness does, like we talked about, is it attacks your health. Yes. You know, when the demonic has territory in your life, through that open door of unforgiveness, then what happens is you begin, stresses, it can affect your heart. I mean, there's even studies that have proven the effects on the body right. from harboring bitterness and unforgiveness. This isn't something that we just read in scripture. Scientifically, it's proven that right. it affects us in a negative way. And so that's something important to note. That's something to think about because, Here's what I feel like most people do without realizing that they do it. They want to feel that pain. Right. Because in that moment that they were offended or hurt or traumatized, especially in cases of trauma, some lie was believed. And that lie usually goes back to the fact that they deserved what happened to them. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times people will walk in that and carry that And so that pain is a way of making them feel redeemed through that process, as though that pain actually is warranted and that they're deserving of the pain. Right. And that's not at all the truth. That's a lie that's been believed. And so when we can see the lie for what it is and repent of believing it Mm -hmm. and then ask the Lord, what is the truth? Because He'll speak the truth to you, and it's always going to be life, life life-giving. It's going to line up with his character and his word. He's never going to speak that over us because if at any point, if he ever felt that we was deserving of punishment, he would have never given his life for us on the cross.
1: Amen. He loved us so much. Right. So if you're hearing anything contrary to that and you're hearing, oh, you deserved it, you're listening to the wrong voice. He says, my sheep will hear my voice, and and they'll be able to follow. But his voice is love. John 3.16 is the biggest scripture. For God so loved the world, God so loved you, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. The love that's there. He forgave us, and he loved us.
0: That's right. If you're in a situation today where... Maybe something's happened to you. Maybe it's something very tragic. Maybe it's traumatic. There is hope for forgiveness. It's just a choice that you're making to say, I'm going to forgive this person. I think if you have a hard time with that, it's something you can definitely partner with Holy Spirit on and say, I want to get rid of this and I need your strength to be able to do that. He'll walk you through that journey. I mean that's that's what he's there for. He's the comforter, he's our teacher, he's he's everything. Yeah. He's God. So he's going to walk us through if we invite him into that. When we get hurt or offended, we put a wall up. Mm-hmm. And that wall might look like different things for different people. If you were a victim of attack of some sort. Right. Sometimes your your wall can be anger. Right. And you respond in anger to a lot of people. If you see people that tend to be very angry, mm-hmm. not always, but most of the time, that can be something that's traced back to an offense yeah. or a hurt that's happened in their life. And if that's the case, they're using anger as a way of protecting themselves. What happens is when we try to protect ourselves with stuff that's not God, Mm-hmm. We push everybody, including God, away from us. We yes. won't let them into our circle, you know, because this is my inner circle. This is my space of security. This is my space of protection, and nobody can get close. And what it does is it separates us from the Father right. because he can't even get close because we've put something there where he's supposed to be. Right. right. He's our protector. So when anger's there, he can't come beyond that. Not that he doesn't have the power to, but he's a gentleman. Yeah, He gives us free will and he invites us. He, he woos us to give that to him, to yeah. hand that over. But he never jerks it out of our hands. He never takes it away from us like that. But he'll ask us to lay it down. Yeah. There's going to be times in our life, and we've probably already been through it, where we've taken stuff <laughs> to him right. and we lay it down at his feet and then... A month or so later, we go back and decide we're going to pick it back up. Right. And that's something that we have to get away from. But so many times when there's an offense, we've believed a lie. Yes. Somewhere in that. Even if it wasn't our fault. Like we can say, I've experienced rape in my life. You don't know what that feels like. No, I don't. I don't. But what I do know is that even though you might have been a victim of that, and it's not your fault that you're a victim of that. But during that assault, a lie has been believed. If we don't repent of that lie, then we begin to build something else in the place of God as our protection.
1: I just had this envision that the enemy will attack us because he knows we have an anointing on us. And so if he can derail the ministry that you're called to, I think in Philippians four eight it says... And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And if we, Paul's telling us right there, we can take our focus off of all the negative. It don't say, keep your mind focused on the bad or the evil or the things that's against you. It says, focus on the pure, the goodness, the things that is just amazing
0: I think that's a good point because we can get our minds so focused on the negative that we stay in that place of victim mentality, and we want to move past that because we, we're we more than conquerors.
1: Yes, we are.
0: I want to touch on Matthew chapter 6, verse 14. It says, If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. This tells us that we do not have an option when it comes to forgiveness. We must forgive in order to be forgiven. Ephesians 4 says, Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. And like I said, there might be those times where we are a victim of a traumatic experience, an assault of some sort that came across our paths but there is hope for forgiveness. Say, Holy Spirit, I want to forgive. I want to move past this, but I need your help. He'll help you.
1: Yes, he will. Another scripture that I I think about very often, and it's Luke chapter 7, 36 through 50. It says, when one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair and kissed them and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisees who invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two different people, two people owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither one of them had money to pay him back. So he forgave the debts of both. Now, which of them will love him more? And Simon replied, I suppose the woman that had the bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. The woman understood the forgiveness that was there, and she comes in and she pours her life up. There was a change and there was a transformation of understanding the forgiveness that had taken place in her. As believers, understand what we've been forgiven of, we should be willing to, to just go all out for Christ. And and sometimes what that looks like is saying, hey, I'm going to forgive the unforgivable. This woman, she had a child that was killed. It was her only child. He was killed by a drunk driver. This guy had multiple offenses that ends up going to prison. The woman goes and pleads with the judge to release this guy. She's visiting him in the prison. She's getting a relationship with him, and she goes on his behalf to the judge and asks to have mercy on him and to release him when, you know, he was up for early release or whatever. And I sit there and think about that. Like if I had one child, one child got destroyed by a a drunk driver, how many of us would be like, lock him up forever because you just killed my child. But she didn't. She was a believer and she had compassion. And you know what they do now is they work together to build the kingdom up. They both give testimony and they'll talk multitudes of people. And I think about the impact that they have On the kingdom because of her dying to herself and following an example of Christ.
0: Yeah, that's a great story. It's also a reminder that no matter how severe again the offense, forgiveness is possible. I think it's important to remember that you can make a conscious decision not to feed those negative feelings or thoughts anymore. You know, think about those things that are lovely. If we want to get healthy, if we want to walk in a healthy mindset, we have to be able to forgive. Colossians 3, since God chose you to be the holy people that he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive everyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. But where it says, clothe yourself with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, and humility, if we're in Christ, we're taking on his characteristics, the fruits of the Spirit, kindness, patience. love, patience, long-suffering, all of those things we're taking on. I believe love is so much more than we can comprehend in our minds, the love of Christ is, but I believe it embodies all of those characteristics, the, all those fruits. Right.
1: I've had some situations happen to me. In my spirit, I just rise out that, how can I minister? How can I help this person really get in a relationship with Jesus? I've had some people do some imaginable things to me at some of the worst times in my life, but yet I have forgiven.
0: Well, I think you have a good point there. You can't help somebody else out from a situation unless you've already gotten out of it yourself. Think about the scripture that says, take the plank out of your own eye. Yeah. And how can we help somebody else get through something if we've had the same situation and we refuse to get out of it? Right. Now, it doesn't mean that if I haven't experienced what you have that I can't help you through it because I absolutely can. But if I'm refusing to forgive someone and then I'm trying to help you to forgive somebody else, how can that happen? That can't. Right. I have to get rid of that stuff myself to be able to be a help to someone else. Dave Willis says, Holding a grudge doesn't make you strong. It makes you bitter. Forgiving doesn't make you weak. It sets you free. How am I going to walk in that? How am I going to forgive somebody that continues to hurt me? Well, first of all, remember that you're not perfect. Yeah. If somebody is a repeat offender... Usually it's because they're walking in hurt and heartache themselves. Hurting people hurt people. Yep. We have to see beyond what they're saying to us
1: yeah.
0: and ask the Father to let us see who they are. Because every person has gold in them. It might mm-hmm. be buried deep. Yep. It might be really super buried <laughs> deep. And I mean, it might take shovels to get to it, to find it, but it's there. A lot of times people hurt you because they're living in free will and they're not being led by the Spirit. right? Or because maybe they didn't even realize that they hurt you. Right? They may have been unaware. It could have been just a misunderstanding. I want to speak over anybody out there today that's battling that decision to forgive. That Holy Spirit would just reveal to you, if there is any unforgiveness that you're walking in, And also that you would call upon him to have the strength to help you to choose forgiveness. And I want to give you guys a prayer that we do a lot with other people on asking that prayer of forgiveness. And it's just as simple as saying, Holy Spirit, I choose to forgive whatever their name is. And I release them from punishment in Jesus name. I no longer want them punished. I no longer want them to pay for what they did to me. But I give them permission to live happily ever after with my blessing in Jesus' name. If you can pray that, watch the change that happens in not only your life physically, in your body, but in your walk, in your relationship with Jesus. It's going to be so much healthier, so much closer.
1: I think it's a great place to end this.
0: We just pray for everyone out there today that you will choose forgiveness.
1: Yes. We love you.
0: God loves you.
1: And there's nothing you could do about it.
0: Thank you for joining us today. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast channel and like us on all of our social media pages at Holy Spirit Living. We encourage you to look for the gold in others today. Be blessed, but better yet, be a blessing.